Hello and welcome to Not So Molly Mormon podcast. Hi, you guys. Welcome back. This is Sarah. And this is Katie. And welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome. We hope you are enjoying social distancing the best you can and that everyone is keeping safe and healthy and washing their hands and not being cunts and going outside and socializing. Let's not do that, everyone. Stay inside. Don't be like, Sarah, did you see in the news that a bunch of missionaries were sent home from the (gasps) Philippines? I did see that. Yeah, I'm sure that a bunch of our listeners, by the time this releases, you'll have seen this. But all the Mormon families were gathered in this giant crowd at the Salt Lake City airport welcoming back these missionaries. Like, this is why... This virus is so dangerous because you're going to spread it so quickly in an environment like that. And we're all trying to prevent the spread. And then these Mormons go out. Made me so mad. What the fuck is wrong with them? But at the same time, I immediately am like, oh, I get their mentality as an ex-Mormon. These Mormons are thinking like, I have the armor of God on, so I'm protected from the virus. And then they go and they're like, but I'm picking up my child from the mission. So, you know, my garments and my armor of God will prevent me from getting the coronavirus. And my doTERRA essential oil. (laughs) Um, But in all seriousness, like that is so, yeah, that's what probably what a lot of them think. And it is extra silly because their actual... Um, president, quote unquote, prophet of the church has canceled meetings and, you know, they can't go to actual general conference. They're they're trying to practice social distancing, but then the members go and congregate anyway. What? Guys, I can't even with this whole I have been so feisty and like fired up about this coronavirus COVID-19 Because, okay, for many, many reasons, and especially how Trump has handled it and being like, my country, like, what is going on right now? And I'm stuck in fucking Germany, which they've handled it so far really well. But the fact that I can't travel home makes me so anxious and paranoid that, like, I am trapped here. Even though I've lived here for nearly eight years and it's not ever, like, I never go home more than once a year. But it's the fact that, like, I can't go home now that like stresses me out so much. It makes my anxiety like so high. But then there's also, so there's that part of it that's, you know, obviously not very nice, like with the whole virus and not very nice. My adjective selection (laughs) is great today. Um, But then there's this other part with Mormons I keep seeing posting So, like, every day I have to unfollow, like, four or five people because they keep coming out of the woodworks now, like, posting, all these Mormons posting shit, like, our prophet is, you know, he's ahead of the times because he, you know, warned us about (laughs) taking our vitamins and washing our hands a year or two ago, whenever the fuck it was that he made that announcement. And, you know, he's he, he's in the medical industry slash in the 90s. He was. Um, and then, yeah, exactly. And and I just like want to like, literally I want to comment on every single one of them and be like, OK, can anyone tell me where what the church has done with its billions of dollars to help with this? Like mm-hmm. if there's ever been a time for the church to step up and use its charitable donations, it's now. And have we seen anything? I literally just shared this on our Instagram story. I'm going to read it to you. Oh, wait, did I? Yeah, here it is. Let me read it to you. One of my friends posted this. She wrote, if only there was a church or charitable organization that had $163 billion saved up to help during this pandemic. They could help fund the manufacturing of medical equipment, help those who have lost income because of COVID-19, maybe use their big empty worship buildings as makeshift hospitals, dot, 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 if only, dot, dot, Wow. Like, your point that you were just spot on. And what are they doing? Like we said last week, as far as we know, um, basically nothing. And then the Mormons are gathering in the airport and making things worse, so... 
And yeah. fasting, you know, lots of fasting <laughs> and prayers, Prayer. but not using money in any way. Like it, and <clears throat> sorry guys, I'm getting so riled up that I'm choking slash coughing. <gasps> Celestial Jesus is cursing me with COVID-19. Um, no way. <laughs> no, 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 no. He loves um, I also much. read another thing where like the, I don't know if it's an official church statement, but where they're telling members of the church to continue to pay tithing, even though like church services aren't being held and blah, blah, blah. Well, but of course it's just they are. It's an eternal truth, Sarah. It's an eternal <sighs> law of God. Uh, yeah. It makes my blood boil, especially because so many people have been affected by this. Yeah. In terms of not even like maybe physically, but their jobs, like a lot of people are struggling with income at the moment because they aren't able to work like some jobs you can't work remotely. And yet this church is like, ooh, keep giving us our money and we'll keep hoarding it and not actually using it to help this worldwide pandemic. Like they could definitely step in, even if they just targeted the U.S. alone and stepped in and provided medical supplies like masks and all these things that the hospitals are in desperate need of and doctors as well. Then that's just literally one small thing they could do. Not even taking into account they could help fund the experts who are trying to look for a cure for this or a vaccination. Like none of that. Like just doing the first part would would help so much. And what are they doing? Absolutely nothing but asking for more money from the members of the church. Woof. Something else I thought about is if their church is the one true church and they have so much priesthood power and their heavenly father is so loving and protective, then why wouldn't their churches be a safe sanctuary from the virus? Like God can do anything. He could protect the churches from the virus. But no, they're shutting down the services in the churches because obviously, oh, maybe their God isn't real. Sorry to be salty, but I'm over it. Guys, you know what? I'm over it. I'm not apologizing for shit on this episode because I am just like so fired up and I don't care if a Mormon is listening to this and gets offended. Know your truth. Like know your shit and know what you're paying into and what you're supporting because as of right now, I don't see anyone from the Mormon, like any of the representatives or authority of the Mormon church publicly announcing that they're helping in some way with finances, even at that, you know, just in any way, like it's, or food banks, like, are they even doing food? Like, you know, like things like this, where I'm like, all those missionaries that you sent out into the world to proselyte and preach your gospel, why don't, instead of doing that, you make them volunteer and bring foods to elderly who can't go out and shop anymore or run errands or help people out in that regard instead of being like let's send them over to somewhere in the country like somewhere else to spread the virus and also spread the gospel that's the real virus no I'm just kidding I'm just kidding this is real but yeah (laughs) the virus is real um one other thing before we get on our actual topic But I thought this was a good point. And maybe listeners, if I I meant to post it on our Instagram story, and maybe I still will during the week. But so I was venting and, you know, (laughs) getting on my soapbox about this to my boyfriend who didn't grow up in any type of religion, much less Mormonism. And he made a good point. He was like, I think it'd be really interesting because he has a research brain. Like that's where he always goes to is like, oh, it'd be really interesting to see, um, how many times there have been um, some type of like epidemic or pandemic or um, natural disaster or something like that, that is, is caused a huge effect worldwide um, and how the Mormons have responded and how many times they've said it's the second coming (laughs) and like how many times like, and to see their reaction to each one of these events all throughout the ages since it's been around. Well, yeah. To kind of see like, you know, patterns or how it's the same bullshit over and over again, how they talk about like their prophet warned them about it or (laughs) that they are prepared for the end of times or that, or he was like another thing, like looking to see if they've ever contributed any way financially or otherwise to these situations. Yeah. Every generation of Mormons has been taught or thought that they are the last generation. That's why they're literally called the Latter-day Saints. Exactly. Like, all of them think that like, oh, the end of the world can come 
during our generation or will come during our generation and then it doesn't happen and then it's passed on to the next generation so that's probably happened quite a bit (laughs) yeah I think it would be interesting just to like if there's like a timeline out there (laughs) since the church began till now and all these um unfortunate events that have happened throughout the world and like quotes that people because right now it's the whole you know, our prophet warned us, and also, you know, the earthquake happened, and people were like, Moroni dropped his mic because he knows the church is true. <laughs> if that was the way that he warned them, then he is really bad at warning. He didn't say a word about the earthquake, by the way. He didn't say anything about anything. He just said, these next few years will be different and unique. That's, like, all he said. That could have meant anything. It's Which so is great. what they... They all say, I can tell yeah. you how many times Gordon B. Hinckley, when I was growing up, said stuff like that. And every time as a Mormon, I was like, oh, my God, that means this and this. And then when something would happen, I'd be like, oh, he warned us, which <laughs> is not the case. Like everything they say is so vague and ambiguous that it could be interpreted a thousand different ways in right. whichever way benefits them at the end of the day. Right. So cool. true. Lord, I am riled up today. Uh, so for you people in Utah who are listening to us, we feel for you. We're sorry that you're, I mean, it sucks that everyone's dealing with this virus and the shopping, like the food shortage, shortage and everything. But you, you ones dealing with the crazed Mormons in Utah, you're the real champions. So our hearts go out to you. Um, In other news, though, we have a new patron that I would like to thank. Her name is Jen. Thank you so much, Jen, for being our patron. We really appreciate it. Jen, you're a babe. Thank you. If you guys want to join our Patreon, it's patreon.com slash notsomollymormon. And um, since there's the quarantine happening, I'm going to be posting a lot more on the patreon so you can look forward to more content on there yay Uh, cool do you have anything else before we get into the main topic um yeah i mean kind of along the same lines i i know we've been talking about this website since we uh started and getting merchandise up but i was working with a graphic designer and um we're almost there he just had to put some things on pause because his boyfriend had surgery and so he's been busy taking care of that but once everything is in the clear we will jump back on board and collaborate together and create some new cool stuff so that we can get the website up and you guys can get some cool not so molly mormon hashtag in not so (laughs) nsmm merchandise oh yeah (laughs) um so i think that's it oh and just another fun side bit before we get into our topic guys i know i posted this story and it was like a scattered one because i'm trying to talk really fast while my boyfriend's peeing before we come back to the before commercial break is over slash there aren't any in netflix but tiger king watch it it is crazy good interesting but also really sad because it's yeah americans have so many tigers and big cats and it's just disgusting i'm on Um, the third episode and i am it's fascinating so yeah great recommendation definitely watch it and you'll guys you'll you'll get the cult reference that i made it's it's um it's interesting with the brainwashing and manipulation so Yeah. Anyways, sure. those are that's we should do that once a week, Katie, in our um on the Instagram story and also just in our podcast have like a while on lockdown slash social distancing our Netflix recommendation of the oh, week. For sure. And book yeah. of the week. We yeah. can do that too. Yeah. Um I'll totally get on board with that. We can each give a recommendation. So yeah, make sure I'm sure you all are following us on Instagram. But if not, go do <laughs> Cool. Sounds good. Okay, so speaking of cults and brainwashing, I thought to get into this episode, I could play you a clip of a general authority talking about our topic. And it's going to give you the heebie-jeebies because of how they talk, and it's, like, going to be flashbacks. But listeners, as you probably know already, the topic today is tattoos. 
why tattoos are so taboo in Mormonism. So I have a clip. It's only about a minute and 20 seconds long. And this is Gordon B. Hinckley. He was the prophet when Sarah and I were growing up. And this is a really famous, like, I guess, talk that he gave regarding tattoos. So are you ready? I'm so ready. Okay, here we go. Now comes the craze of tattooing one's body. I cannot understand why any young man or young woman, for that matter, would wish to undergo the painful process of disfiguring the skin with various multicolored representations of people, animals, and various symbols. With tattoos, the process is permanent, unless there is another painful and costly undertaking to remove it. Fathers, caution your sons against having their bodies tattooed. They may resist your talk now, but the time will come when they will thank you. A tattoo is graffiti on the temple of the body. Likewise, the piercing of the body from multiple rings in the ears, in the nose, even in the tongue. Can they possibly think that is beautiful? The First Presidency and Quorum of the Twelve have declared that we discourage tattoos and also the piercing of the body for other than medical purposes. We do not, however, take any position on amenable piercing of the ears by women for one pair of earrings. One pair. That's the end. And the whole audience laughs at the end when he goes, one pair. guys. Did that give you the creeps? Because it gives me the creeps. It gave me the creeps, but it, it made me so angry. Yeah. And also that I just. I, I can't believe I was in the church for as long as I did. I think I just purposely, I had to, I'm, I'm like convincing myself that I had to just overlook this shit and like just <laughs> pretended like I'd never heard stuff like this. Yeah, it's crazy. Especially with the piercing thing. Like I, rem- I, I do remember being defiant on that. In the sense that I was always like, but I don't understand if God has a problem with piercing, then why why do women, why are they allowed to have a set of piercing? Because the prophet and, said and so. I understand. Sorry? Because the prophet said so. That's their response. Yeah. And no one would explain it to me. And I'm like, but it doesn't make any sense. Like, either you have them or you don't. Like, okay, tattoos, I didn't agree with it. But I was like, okay, hey, it makes sense. He's saying no one ever can have tattoos. But then it's like with piercings, you can have if you're a woman, you can have one pair of piercings like it doesn't doesn't make any sense. And I remember like right before I left, I got a second. I know. I Yeah, I got a second piercing and I was like, oh, man, I'm such a badass. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> look at me with my second piercing. And then from there, I was like, I'm going to get another one. So I got another one and then uh, it got infected. And I remember thinking it was God cursing me. Oh, my God. Oh, Sarah. No. <laughs> I know. It's not so sad. You know what it is? It's like, you know how we had our episode about is Mormonism a cult and how we went through the bite model and how they control different aspects of you. I think this is just another way, another form of control, controlling how you present yourself, what you do with your own body and the piercings and the tattoos are part of that. You don't have the control or the ownership of your own body if you're following this prophet and following what he says. And he is supposed to be speaking for God. So like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just, and then, so then you think if you break this quote unquote commandment and then your little piercing gets infected, it's God cursing you. It's crazy. Ugh. And also even when he says, how can anyone think that's beautiful? It's like, fuck you. Like yeah. it's not your body. Like, and even if, like it it's just this whole idea that the Mormons brainwash and it's so like the cult and in, in, instills in your head that you're only beautiful and accepted, especially for women, if you are clean and virtuous and you know, your body is still regarded as a temple and you're chaste and blah blah blah. 
And if you get a tattoo, then you're just disgusting and you can't be beautiful. Or if you get a second piercing, then it's like, oof, you just lost your beauty. You know what this reminds me of? I actually made a little list here of as I was reading through articles on the church's website describing tattoos. And according to the church, I these are the descriptions of tattoos that they use. They are mistakes, they are defilements, disfigurements, ugly, disrespectful, scars, regretful, graffiti, damaging, and embarrassing. Wow. So you get you hear those words all growing up about tattoos, and that gets embedded in the way that you're thinking. And so then when you do get it, yeah, it's just crazy. It's like, why, how... How does someone choosing to put art on their body make that like embarrassing or disrespectful or a mistake? I don't it. But I remember thinking that when I was a Mormon, that tattoos were sinful and bad. Oh, see, that's the one area that I was always like, oh, I love tattoos. And even as a Mormon, I was like, I, I remember specifically thinking that I really wanted to end up with a convert for two reasons. One, because I was like, I really hope he has tattoos because I find them so sexy. And two, because they would be better in bed. Like, that was my thought process. <laughs> That's I, was like, oh, That's, I mean, it's true. <laughs> um, and you know what's interesting about that, about the convert thing? There's like a, there's a famous woman. She's a convert to the Mormon church and she's called like the tattooed Mormon because she had tattoos before she converted. Oh, yeah. She does, like, public speaking and things, and I don't like to talk bad about people, but honestly, she kind of bothers me, because she'll always say things like, you know, you you have the choice, you can choose, and you can choose to repent, but it's like, if you're an active Mormon, and you got a tattoo, it's very likely that your bishop is going to either deny or revoke your temple recommend, like, maybe he won't, like, you don't know, but, like, it's... It's just like it's really not as accepted as she kind of says in her when she does public speaking stuff. You know what I mean? It's kind of like oh, yeah, sure. uh, it's a false um, false advertising, I guess, for the most part. Sure, and even even if your bishop like doesn't take away your temple recommend, it's still the stigma of like mm-hmm. if if you're if you have tattoos as a Mormon and they're visible then you're less dateable, you're less, like, respected as being righteous and whatever. Like, people in the Mormon church just don't take you seriously. And, like, I had a roommate at BYU, and um, I remember she had a few tattoos, and I remember being like, whoa, she's still active in church and she has tattoos. That's pretty cool. Like, I was kind of like, maybe you can do it both ways. But I do remember her getting it, one of them lasered off. And I have a strong feeling she never blatantly said this, but she was just like paranoid that people would see it like Mormons. Mm. And because it was in a part that was more visible. And so she had it lasered off. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. Again, I mean, I'm, I don't want to put words in her mouth. Maybe it had nothing to do with the Mormon church, but I know she was quite embarrassed of it when it came <gasps> see, to like. Sad. Oh, I mean, yeah. and of course, if like anyone, if you regret your tattoo, of course, like get it laser removed if you want. But I just yeah, feel like you shouldn't do it because you're embarrassed or ashamed because of your religion. Like the, a religion should never tell you how you're supposed to look or what you're supposed to do with your own body. Exactly. Or because you feel like it makes you less beautiful. Yeah. Um, as- yeah you know Hinkley just said or also I mean it's it's so blatantly sexist as well if you notice he says fathers talk to your son yes doesn't say mothers talk to your daughters about tattoos and at the very beginning he says something like young men I discourage you from getting tattoos and young women for that matter like almost as if it's a second thought like tattoos were only in his mind something that men got Um, yeah very, yeah, sexist, but very surprising, sexist. right? Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, Something else interesting about tattoos that I didn't know. Well, I guess I kind of knew this, but if you're going to go on a mission, you have to go through your mission interview. And that is where they do specifically ask you if you have tattoos anywhere on your body. And you have to, like, 
list them and then you have to um, either describe them or send a picture of them to the first presidency of the church and you have to explain like what you feel about them and if you regret them and depending on what the tattoos are and where they are on your body and how you feel about them you can be denied going on a mission what that's fucking mental you guys because they think that it's like not a good look it's not um I guess how they want the church to be represented because it doesn't look clean which is disgusting it's not um good publicity for them oh yeah so (laughs) that's pretty crazy um so we have a letter here from a listener that I thought would be good to read through and we can like react to it because it's about tattoos so do you want me to read that yes please Okay. She says, dearest Not So Molly Mormon podcast, first of all, ladies, I love you. Oh, <laughs> oh we love you too. As a fellow 30-something single ex-Mormon female, I relate to you two so much and find your take on popular and not so popular ex-Mo subjects refreshing, fun, intuitive, smart, sassy, and you make me feel like I'm right there hanging out with you. Oh my god, we just got so complimented, Sarah. I'm like blushing right now. (laughs) So nice. Um, Please keep up the good work, and don't let anybody tell you you talk too much. Oh, thank you. Bless you. (laughs) You're haters. Just let me chat. (laughs) We just want to talk. We just have feelings. She doesn't even go here. (laughs) Okay. I've been trying to work up the courage to write to you for a while on a subject that I often hear touched upon, but has never really been the focus, but that is very close to my heart. I imagine it's because it's seen as one of the more acceptable worldly practices and has become widely popular in the past few decades. Tattoos and body modification. I'm sure there are a lot of fellow millennials that remember the good old classic talk that Gordon B. Hinckley gave in the early 2000s, specifically mentioning that women should only wear one pair of, quote, modest earrings and to not degrade or defile our bodies with tattoos and a whole bunch of other misogynistic bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) Sarah, you you have how many earrings do you have in each ear? Um, I have three in one and just one in the other. Oh my gosh, you are, yeah, you totally degraded. How many do you have? I only, I, well, I second pierced both of them, but one of them grew over. So one of them is pierced twice and one is only once, but I usually just wear one pair. But yeah, I like, I like the look of more, but I just haven't done it yet. Mm. Okay. Before this particular address, my very orthodox family already had ridiculously high standards regarding modesty and being in the world and not of it. Oh, that (laughs) phrase. And after that talk, it was even more so. I remember joking with friends in junior high and high school that if I ever were to indulge in one of those, quote, worldly practices, I would definitely want a tattoo. And I didn't really understand what was so wrong with them. I learned to keep that opinion to myself very quickly, and I can't tell you how many times I got the typical lectures about how permanent, gross, degrading, and wicked tattoos are, and I listened in terror to tells my mother told me about how wicked my worldly cousins who had made the poor decision to get tattoos themselves regretted them, along with the reiteration that my body was a temple, was on loan from Heavenly Father, and I should never even consider permanently defiling my temple. Uh, on loan that is gross isn't that totally triggered me because I remember hearing that it's like your body is literally not your own it's on loan from God that's Uh, yucky it's so yucky I don't like it Katie I don't like it well I got my first tattoo at 21 while still being a TBM Although I was inactive, and I, but I instantly was in love with my tattoo. Not just with my own tattoo that I had just invested in, but also in the practice as a whole. Of course, the first few I got were obtained in secret and also in places on my body I could easily hide because in my Mormon family circles, there was so much shame surrounding people who chose to modify their bodies like that. 
Over the last 10 years, I have left the church, overcome some serious mental and physical illnesses, stopped giving a shit what other people think of me, and have continued to add a lot of ink. Yay! Yay, 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 yay. With each piece I've added to my body, my thoughts and feelings about tattoos overall has significantly changed, but especially when it comes to my own. My tattoos have been have become my most significant, cherished, and treasured collection. Each and every one of them has a very personal story and a significance to me as an individual. Quite a few of them have represented mental healing, and several have been to cover self-harm scars from my teen years. Credit to the LBS Church for making me feel like I deserve to hurt myself. Mm. Awful. I could go on and on for a long time about how special every single one of my tattoos are, why I picked them, and why I picked where they are, etc. Basically, my tattoos are so much more than skin deep. They represent some of the deepest and most intimate parts of myself and my journey of life. I spend a lot of time pondering new places before I commit, at least 12 months, I also, and also saving up the money to have a good, meaningful work done. But the TBMs in my life never seem to hear me when I try to answer their questions of why tattoos. They usually have already answered themselves why they think I got them, and the judgment has already passed the moment they see the ink on my skin. Worst of all is my own mother, whom I love dearly, and it still and it kills me still that she sees me as someone to be ashamed of simply because of my adult choices regarding my appearance. I'll never forget several years ago when I was excitedly telling her about a new piece I was planning, and she said to me, Oh, sweetie, when are you going to stop with the tattoos? You were so beautiful. I'm just afraid that your tattoos are all people are going to see when they look at you now. Mm. Notice how she said were. Oh. That I distinctly remember because it proved to me what I already feared. Because of the religious dogma my wonderful mother has been indoctrinated with, she no longer thinks that her own daughter is beautiful and that my ink is the only thing she sees when she looks at me. I wish I could express to her and every other judgy TBM in my life that I can't help that tattoos are one of the main methods of self-expression out there that speaks volumes to my soul, that I connect with the most, and I truly love and adore each piece of beautiful art that now adorns my temple. They have literally helped me to heal and are now an anchor, a grounding technique that helps me to keep a hold of myself when I feel my identity getting blurred in the lines of everyday life. They make me unique. They cannot be stolen, bought, or taken away, and they are one of the few things I will take with me to my grave. Also, it's really funny being lectured about how permanent tattoos are by people who take eternity so seriously, right? (laughs) Anyway, thank you so much for creating a safe space for a fellow heathen to vent, feel validated and loved despite all the hate out there against us. I hope this all made sense and is the sort of story you'll want to share. Much love to you both and all my fellow ex-Mormon listeners. Love always from Farah. Oh, Farah, that's a, such an incredible story. Thank you for sharing that. Wasn't that so great? I loved it. it I felt the emotion in it so much. Well, and it's something that I think so many people can resonate with and can, you know, they feel like they're right there with you. I mean, it's always Mm -hmm. been, even if you you don't personally like tattoos or you would never get one on your body, it's still this idea that someone can tell you that you shouldn't and that it's something that you shouldn't do because it's not your body and it'll make you disgusting and blah, blah, blah. And it's at the end of the day... who cares? It's not what I always try to tell myself is, is it affecting someone else? If it's not, I don't care. You know what I mean? Like if my actions are not directly and negatively affecting another human being, then I don't care. And that other person or everyone else in the world shouldn't give a fuck either. Yeah. It's my body. Mm -hmm. It's my choices. They aren't affecting you. So why do you have an opinion on it? Mm hmm. I totally, totally agree. Yeah. And I wish growing up that I was more like you and Farah in that I, because I did see tattoos that I liked, but I was so judgy about it that I wouldn't even really admit it. And I was still just kind of like, oh no, like tattoos are bad and I would never do it until I got a little bit older and started questioning the church. And then I was like, why am I even believing this in the first place? This is stupid. But when I was little, it definitely was a thing, and I wish I was more like you guys when I was little. Oh, well, I think I, I can't, you know, I, I think I have to give credit to the fact, too, that almost 
so three, I think at this point, three of my five brothers had tattoos. Mm. And so my entire life, I didn't, especially my oldest, my two oldest brothers, they've always, since I was born, they already had their tattoos. So for me, it was like part of them. And it was just, you know, it wasn't even something I questioned or thought of. And as a kid, I may have asked them because I didn't fully understand how they had these cool you know, tattoos on their bodies that didn't wash off after two or three showers, because I would always put on like, you know, temporary tattoos. And <laughs> yeah, I love them. And so for me growing up, it was just kind of it was what it was like no one in my family, like it wasn't a shameful thing, because they all walked around shirtless, you know, and like showed off their tattoos. And it wasn't like they had to hide them because that these were brothers who weren't active in the Mormon church. So there was never this stigma, like negative stigma around tattoos. But I will say since I've gotten tattoos, it's a whole other ball game with me mm-hmm. because I'm a woman. And so in the South, it's like, you know, my family, they're conservative and my mother is still Mormon. But my, my dad, who's not Mormon, he has a huge issue with me having tattoos, even though all five of his sons have multiple tattoos He doesn't say anything to them, but for me, it's a constant, like, it's brought up every time I've been home since having tattoos, and this last time, he was like, you know, oh, just tell me one thing, why, why do women think it's a good idea to get tattoos? Now, I love my dad, and, like, I'm not trying to bash him, but it was, like, a very difficult conversation for me to have, because I just thought, oh, like, not only do I get it from TBMs or other religious sectors, but there's also this conservative taboo that for some reason women just shouldn't have tattoos, even though men have them. And it's like, oh, well, they're men. But if a woman has them, it's exactly what Farah said and some of the other listeners that we've heard stories from that you're just no longer beautiful. Like, it's not feminine anymore. You're not womanly. crap is what that is. Yeah. Yep. Even, yeah, so, I mean, my response when my dad said that was, I was just like, well, why do men get them? Like, same yeah. reason, because you want them. It doesn't matter what gender you are. Like, exactly. it's... Yeah. Uh, Ew. Yeah. So, um, Sarah, since you have tattoos, do you want to tell us about about them or when you got them, your reactions to them, stuff like that? Oh my god, I would love to, Katie. Do I want to talk about myself and all of my tattoos? Of course. <laughs> Please um, do. <laughs> I would love to. No. Um. So as mentioned, I was that TBM who secretly loved tattoos, but was like so. Now that I look back about like on it, it's like so embarrassing how much of a nerd I was and like loser. Like I would make fun of myself today for sure because I was that TBM that was like. I love tattoos, but I'll never get one. But I'm going to go to Vegas and get a henna tattoo because I'm badass. (laughs) That is hilarious because I literally do know Mormons who have done that. (laughs) Exactly. And I, I, guys, this is the true story. I did go to Vegas and I did get a henna tattoo. I think I went to Vegas twice or three times as a Mormon when I was at BYU. And every time I got a henna tattoo and I just thought it was coolest thing side note what do mormons do in vegas besides oh my god besides tattoos do you like i guess you could go to a buffet or like a magic show i mean that's basically all we did we just like we, we did the whole casino like walking around i i guys you know i did the slot machines which was like a big scandal and actually I was judged for that when I came back because someone in the ward found out about it and they like chastised, like they like, scolded me and was like, "For doing this, a slot, playing on the slots." Yeah, because so- I won like fifteen dollars off of the nickel machine oh, and nickel slot good. machine, and I was like, "Oh shit, I'm addicted!" Like, let's do it again. Listen, I was. If you've never been Mormon, gambling is, like, very forbidden. I mean, some Mormons won't even play, like, March Madness brackets. That's how yeah. like, strict some of them are. And so exactly. things or, are, like, very off-limits. Very off-limits, yeah. Um, and also because, like, the women are dressed scandalously, like, scandalously and, like, you know, whatever. Um, 
So, yeah, there's not really much to do. I We played the slot machines and uh, ate food and rode the strip. And we were such losers, guys. It was just like Mormons thinking that they were so cool. And we got our, like, virgin daiquiris. <laughs> oh, oh, I love that. Well, and then you got henna tattoos. So, yeah. I know. And I can remember each They were, like, the cheesiest ones. So, anyway, so I got henna tattoos, like, two or three times. Then when I first moved to Berlin... I also went, the first time I went to Spain to visit a friend, I also got a henna tattoo there. And I remember I took photos of it and sent it to my mom and like a few TBMs as a joke. And they were like all so mad and like so disappointed. Oh. Like, can't believe you got a tattoo. Like, da, 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 da. And I was like, calm down. It's a henna tattoo. It's just a joke. But like, all right, good to know. That's how you guys feel about it. Um, but secretly... I was, like, dying to get a tattooed, always. Like, I just really, really wanted and And towards the end, even before I left the church, I was kind of like, <sighs> I'm just going to, like, I remember drawing out a tattoo idea, and I was like, I'm just going to do it. Even if I'm still Mormon, it's fine. Like, it's my body. It's something I really want. I'm just going to do it. Um, but I didn't go through with it, which thankfully I didn't, because that idea I would have been so cringy about now. So I'm glad I didn't get that tattoo. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, I left the church and that was like the number one, like first thing I wanted to do when I left, like officially decided, okay, I'm leaving the church was to get a tattoo. Uh-huh. So I did. And so I have five tattoos now. Um, and all, I just have to give a shout out all done by female, um, badass women tattoo artists. That's amazing. That's yeah. Amazing. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I can kind of go through, so the first time I got one done, sorry to correct, I should have said just women, a tattoo artist, not female, sorry guys, um, uh, the first one I got was on my side, which is so silly to get, like, your first tattoo in one of the most painful parts, because I got it on my rib, well, I say rib, but, like, it wasn't as painful for me, because I have a whole lot of moss covering those, uh, rocks, uh, so... <laughs> It it was not that painful. Like for me, I was, I'm one of those weirdos that actually enjoys the pain, like not enjoys it. It's a weird way of people who have tattoos, you'll, you'll understand like either you, it's really painful and it's like so intense or it's like this weird calming effect. Hmm. And I'm one of those people. So I got one on my, my right rib, which Katie, I think I showed it to you. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I think I've seen all of. Well, I think I've seen all of yours in person except for the last one you got. Yeah, so I have one. So the one on my right was my hummingbird. I got done. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was so pumped and excited because that one was like very. I mean, every you know, for not everyone, but for the most part, tattoos are so like unique to each person and, and mean something. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes it's just for fun or whatever. But for me, I really wanted it to be something that was, like, symbolic and meaningful for me. So that's um, that was my first tattoo, and I was obsessed, and I loved it. And, of course, I, like, took a thousand pictures and sent it to everyone I knew. I was like, I mean, I love my tattoo. Um, and I never had regrets. It was never, like, a, I felt bad about getting it. But I did pick the placement because it was easy to hide. Right, right. Um, because I was just like, oh, I don't want my family to see it. And, you know, I went home once or twice, uh, and they never saw it because I, you know, I think my mom noticed it once cause I walked out in a towel, but she just refused to say anything about it. And then the second one I got was on the back of my arm mm-hmm. and that one's like, obviously you can't hide it. Like it's, unless I'm wearing a long sleeve shirt or a sweater, like it's always out. Like it's yeah. always there. And that was kind of like me being like, okay, you know what? I'm going to pick a spot that is not something as easily hidden. And, um, yeah, so I got that one. And that one caused quite a bit of controversy, I would say, when I went home because it was noticeable. And, yeah, a lot of comments were made on that and how it was like, I don't know, they te- like family and friends teased me a bit and were like, you know, what's that? And I even had like TBMs because I posted a few pictures, not of it, but I was, I posted pictures where you could see it. Yeah. And I remember a few people saying like comments like, what's that smudge on your elbow or I what's that? that? 
I remember that. Like, did you have like mud on your elbow? Yeah. Yeah, it was like something that. like that. And it was just so annoying. And I'm like, fuck off. Um, and yeah, family was saying that too. And it was just a bit like, so I actually got really self-conscious about this one for a bit. And, but you know what, like, as it goes on, I just don't care anymore. Like, again, it's my body and I don't, if you don't like my tattoo, then deal with it. You know, like, I don't, I don't know what else to say. It's not anything offensive. It's not disrespectful in any way. It's just a simple tattoo. Um, whatever. And then, um, yeah, then I got one on my wrist with a little heart, my little baby heart. My little Cute. Baby heart. And that one was just literally in Australia because I watched that trash TV show Bondi Inc. Mm-hmm. Which so trashy. And like, I don't know if any of you listeners have watched like Australian reality TV show, but I fucking love it because like Americans are pure trash in reality TV show, but then you just throw on an Australian accent and it's so much better. (laughs) It's brilliant. Um, So I watched this, this reality show for, I don't know, I binge watched it. And uh, when I was in Sydney, the shop was right at the beach. And so I was like, Oh my God, I have to go in there while I'm here and get a, a tattoo which was the most anticlimactic experience of my life because they were so rude oh. and didn't want to help me at all, like picking out a tattoo or like placement wise. And it was over like five minutes and I paid like a crazy amount, like $130 for this little tiny tattoo on my wrist. <laughs> but it's like a little souvenir from Australia. Yeah. And it has a good story. Like every time I, I see it, I literally do think of like, my time in Australia, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And same with these like tattoos on. So the first two as well, it's like always going to be a remembrance of like, oh, that really badass, like, you know, woman tattoo artist, like in Berlin. And they all have such amazing stories. Each of these women who did my tattoos, the one in Australia, I didn't talk to her for very long, but like the ones in Berlin have been like, I don't know, it's something about having as as Farah said like having this amazing artwork on your body even if it's not amazing but it's also like it's someone else's artwork that's on your body which is amazing to me like it's a yeah. bit of like my skin was used as canvas for an artist and yeah. I'm gonna be wearing their their artwork forever and that's amazing and it, so like for me it's really important that I pick artists who I agree or like I I want to support and get their story out there like help in some way so it was really cool and actually the one on the back of my arm was so one of my friends in the Mormon church she left before I did and her first thing was getting tattoos done so she referred me to this tattoo artist oh cool so we have that together like uh this bonding like we both left the Mormon church and we have the same tattoo artists do a, a few people well, for her she has multiple pieces and I just have one and finally you guys I know you're just like chomping at the bit for me to get to the last two <laughs> tattoos because you're so excited um <laughs> you guys have seen on our Instagram story that I got the one worthy mm-hmm. on my thigh which is my favorite she's my new baby mm-hmm. and I'm obsessed with her and Oh, that one was really powerful for me. And I, I wanted it for quite a long time. But I just, I don't know, I was a bit like, you know, you have those internal demons that, you know, regardless of being in a religious upbringing or not, you have these demons that you constantly battle with. And it's whether or not you're worthy or not. And I think we've talked about this briefly before. But yeah, it doesn't matter if you grew up in the Mormon church and you were told constantly you weren't worthy or you weren't good enough, but also people who didn't grow up in a religion, society, culture, whoever telling you that you're not good enough, that you're not worthy of love, you're not worthy of respect, um, of a fundamental and functioning relationship of your dreams, of your desires, of your goals, like whatever it is. And so for me, it was a really powerful tattoo to get put on my body permanently that says that I'm worthy mm-hmm. and- I love it and I love the placement of it and the lettering I think it's so lovely thank you yeah I love it it's like one of those things where <laughs> every time I go to pee I see it and it makes oh, me so happy that's sweet I'm just like 
oh hey girl i am worthy you pee you pee that right out and you are worthy or if i take a poo i'm like that is a worthy poo and you are worthy as well um also it's like really sexy when having sexy time as well because it's like on your thigh and you're just like yeah i'm worthy yeah Mm -hmm. um so yeah and i know a few of our listeners actually commented that they have the same tattoo which i think is brilliant it's just there's so many it's like multi-layered like symbolism on this Mm -hmm. tattoo Um, which is great, especially if you're an ex-Mormon, because, you know, we're constantly like, are you worthy? Are you worthy to enter, enter the temple? And it's like, I'm going to get that tattooed on my body, motherfucker, because I am worthy. And yeah, you don't need an old white man to tell you whether or not you're worthy. You just are. Exactly. You just are. And uh, yeah, lastly, is just one on my on the inside of my bicep, my massive guns, because I have such <laughs> big muscles. Um, and it's just a Gemini symbol, which is my my sign. Um, yeah, and I like that one a lot. It's just a little bitty one. And for those who are interested in getting a tattoo, I would suggest getting a poke tattoo. That's what I had done with these last two. And it was such an experience. Like, I think it's a really cool process. Um, Yeah. So if you're interested, I would, I would check that out. I mean, the machine is like, the lines are a lot more bold and it's faster. Um, But I don't know. The poke tattoo was just a cool experience. It kind of brings you back, back in the day. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, Oh, love that. And I love your tattoos. Thanks. I love them too. So those are my tattoos. Um, listeners, if you guys should send us photos of your tattoos, because I'm curious to see what you all have. And oh, me too. I love tattoos, as we've just discussed for the last hour. But like my favorite shows are also like any type of tattoo show, like Miami Ink, any of that shit. I love oh, yeah. it. I haven't watched those in a long time, but I always like it when I do. They're so creative. It's so creative. And it's just, like, amazingly talented. Like, I still can't wrap my head around how people can do tattoos. But I'm so impressed. Um, So, yes, like Katie said, if you guys have tattoos, like, send them in. I mean, unless they're too personal or in places. I mean, we don't want pictures of your hoo-ha and dicks. But if you got (laughs) tattoos in places that we can see and not be scarred, please send them in. Because that would be fun and If you have a cool little story to go with it, you know, tell us. If not, just in a picture because I know how it is. Sometimes it's annoying to, like, have to explain the symbolism of your tattoo when you just want to be like, I think it's pretty and that's why I have it. (laughs) Right. Totally. Well, cool. I think that about wraps it up. Um, uh, Yeah. Everyone. that's it. Yeah, enjoy your week and enjoy your social distancing and we'll try to be a little more active on social media and other, you know, like Patreon and stuff like that so that you guys have more content to <laughs> keep you entertained during this very weird time. But thank you for listening. Yeah. Thank you and have an amazing week and we'll yeah, like Katie said, we'll be on Instagram a bit more. Cool. See you next week. Bye. Bye.